Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we begin our time this morning in your word, we pray that the ministry of the Holy Spirit would be powerful and strong within us, that you would give us ears to receive and minds to learn and hearts to obey, and you would use my lips to edify, equip, and exhort your people all for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm sure that if, when you were a child and you were asked, what do you want to be when you grow up, you gave some pretty high and lofty professions, right? I want to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a rocket scientist. I'm going to play in the NFL. I'm going to play Major League Baseball. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. Then reality hit. Your SAT scores aren't lawyer SATs. Whatever it might be. Reality hits you and you decide to come down to something that maybe you enjoyed and uh, got you some training in and, and you could earn a living. It became realistic. Well, it's one thing to be an adult and say, I'm going to play in the NFL, still trying to procure an agent. That's just sad. It's even worse when people in God's kingdom misplaced where they are in their maturity level. Open up within your Bibles with me to 1 John, because that's what John is gently exhorting us to today. Reassuring us in the love of Jesus Christ, but calling us further up and further in. Over the last month, we've been in this letter of 1 John where we had first the test of faith that we're worshiping first the one true God who's been revealed to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He is, as we've just sung, Father, Creator, Sustainer, Savior, worthy and wonderful, worthy of all worship and praise. That's who we're talking about here. And John wants to remind the church, because the church is the same as it was then. And then he interestingly told us what it meant to walk in the light, and that's not to live as many in the world live. That there are some people in the church who would say they profess their faith, but then they live it however they want to. Or two, they say they're not even sinful. They have no sin. I'm not a sinner. Or three, they say, oh, I'm a sinner, but I don't currently have any sin. Well, John called that out, and people who live like that are liars. And the lie continues in a, in a life of disobedience we talked about last week. We have a mediator and advocate. Jesus Christ is our not only advocate, but he's the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And that's where we were last week where we were called, because he's our propitiation, because he's our advocate, then we live by. It's not just a Jesus faith. We have this faith in Jesus Christ. What a gift. Amen? And so we're saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, and therefore we're obedient. We're not perfect people. None of us claim that. And so we must 
walk in obedience. And so, thinking about obedience, I want us to think about it this way. I got a thought experiment for you that I all want you, I want you to all take. Who's greater? What's greater? The gap between my five-year-old granddaughter's understanding and my understanding, or the gap between my understanding and God's understanding? I would say the gap between my understanding and God's. Okay? And that means that there are going to be things that he says that I trust because he's the one who says them. You only obey Jesus when he makes sense to you, then he's not the leader Obeying God only when it's to you is not obedience, it's agreement. So that's the question. Is Jesus your Lord or is he your advisor? Have you invited God to submit to your suggestions for you and for your consideration? Or have you submitted yourself to him well because he's God? He's king, he's Lord. And he reigns. And he is our propitiation and our advocate. Therefore, we walk in his ways, not perfectly. But every time we stumble and fall, we ask for forgiveness and he gently receives us back. Because that's who he is, gentle and lowly. And so today we arrive at one more test. And then he gives us reassurances of no matter where we are, of God's love. So first we see, and you can find this in the back of your bulletin if you're a guest with us and you don't have your Bible, but if you do have your Bible, it's verse 7. First we see another test, and he's taking it particular. He's going from general to specifics. This is where the rubber hits the road for the Christian. He gives us the test of love. Seven, he says, Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing you, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Notice, start with this again, this kind of black and white test of our faith. He starts off with beloved. There's a pastoral heart that old John is giving to the church. And he says, Beloved, I am writing to you no new commandment but an old. This is the third test in John's letter of authentic belief, and he's writing to the the born again, those with authentic faith, that God places in the hearts of his people new desires to walk in obedience And your love for God's people, the church, is one evidence of that. For if you're in Christ, John's reminding us that there is an overwhelming love for other believers. You will find yourself growing in kindness to other people here at 1030 and 9. A growing patience with one another. 
a growing forgiveness of one another. And that's just what it means to be a Christian. (laughs) And notice, he says, I'm not writing to you anything that's new. Notice, beginning of our service, right? Jesus is quoting the Shema of Deuteronomy, where he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and mind and all your strength and love your neighbors yourself. That's old. It's been around a long time. That's no surprise to us. But yet, as Cody read for us John 13, Jesus says, Oh, I have a new commandment for you, boys. Love one another as Christ loves us. As I have loved you, we love one another. And notice the word, it, it, that the word time here is, is not the word chronos, where we get watch. It's the word kynos, which means a new kind, kind of from the beginning, from the beginning of your Christian walk is new to you then. It's another in two kinds of ways. In our depth of faith, as we grow in the faith, we encourage one another in that depth and in the quality of love that we have for one another. That we love one another as Christ loved us. You know what Christ did. He died for us. Therefore, we're willing to lay our down our lives for one another and serving one another, washing one another's feet, if you will. And so thinking about that and doing a little test and evaluation of us, here's some steps that we all can do to grow in that love. First, look up. Look up to the Lord. If you recognize that maybe you don't love people at Christchurch the way you should, uh, just confess it. We have a mediator and an advocate. We have a propitiation for our sin. He's not asking you for perfection. You're already perfect in him. But when we do sin, we go back to him and we recognize it. Lord, help me to improve in this area. And as you look up, look up and notice your brothers and sisters. You're beautiful, inside and out, dear brothers and sisters. And we rejoice with those who rejoice. And we have a lot of people here are rejoicing over certain things right now. And we got, we weep with those who weep. And we got a lot of people who are weeping right now over certain things. It's what it called to be a Christian. Secondly, we listen. We ask questions You've heard me say it for going on 16 years now. Ask questions. Well, it's not just believe. Are you an American? That's not how you do it. You know, other countries really struggle with that when we say, how you doing? We didn't mean how you doing. We mean hello. But I encourage you to kind of switch that up. How are you holding up? really with what's going on in your life and listen 
let not our lives be an endless infomercial of what's going on with, with me and my aches and pains or whatever I'm going through. Three, open up your heart. As you listen, ask the Holy Spirit to give you empathy and compassion for what they're going through. Because, my friends, we all need one another in a world that just doesn't care to listen and just is nothing but noise. Let us be people who do listen and pray with them. Fourth, open your mouth. Give words of encouragement. Don't look to social media for encouragement. Look to one another for encouraging words. Because we're people of the word. There's lots of good word in here for us to encourage one another in. Look who you are in Christ. Close his righteousness. And open up your hand. Meaning by that, meet needs. Maybe they need a meal. Maybe they need a ride. Maybe they just need an ear. Whatever it might be, be that hands and feet of Christ to one another. And I want us to hear that the way we love one another in John's gospel has an evangelistic component to it. That by this, all men will know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. You want growth strategy for the church? Let's start there. We'll lift up Jesus high. We love one another. And let's watch the Lord fill the assembly. And brothers and sisters, you can't do that if you're not here. There are some who are watching online, perhaps, that haven't been here since 2020. I want you to think of it this way. Can you have a relationship with your spouse if you said, sweetheart, I love you so much, but I'm going to live in the Shenandoah Valley because it's awesome down there. You can stay in Ohio, but I'm Don't work in once a week. Turn I can. Is that all? You know, it's, it's just as you are. We love you and we miss you. And it's not the same without you. But the Lord calls us to love one another and we can't love one another if we're not talking, we're not listening, we're not serving. So, that's been some pretty black and white stuff that John's been giving us over the last month, isn't it? It's kind of like, you know, you ask for an eight-ounce filet, and he gives you a 20-ounce Cowboys New York strip steak. Eat that! <sighs> okay, Lord. I'm not that hungry. Yes, you are. Eat it. So that's the way it felt at times, right? Well, John and his wisdom recognize it's been a lot to take in over the last month. And so what he does, he changes it to, in verses 12 through 14, a poem. And it's the only poem in all of John's writings. He doesn't, it, Jesus never tells a poem. He tells parables, but not poetry. And he records for us in his Gospels what Jesus says, but in all his letters, 
Third John, there's not a poem. In the book of Revelation, there's not a poem. He writes this poem for you. First, to reassure you of all that steak you've eaten and you haven't been able to finish it because it's a lot to take in, that's okay. Leave some on your plate, but you're not getting out of the table until you eat it all, right? And he wants to reassure you because you place your trust in Jesus Christ. Verse 12, I'm writing you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Not for your sake, but for the sake of Jesus Christ on the cross. Dying for Father, spent beyond in the field defending the faith you're engaged and you've received the faith you've fought and you've defended the faith and you know God that Greek word is similar to knowing my spouse intimately if you get my drift that we know the Lord's like I've, I've lost everything. Because you know God and you start to walk with him. From the very beginning of your walk with Christ, he's with you. And you know him who is from the beginning. In other words, he's from everlasting to everlasting. He always has been, ever will be. 
That's who we worship. That's the intimacy level. He then moves to the second. This is the B. It goes A, B, C structure, then A, B. The evil one. Growing up out of that baby stage. These are, you're full of vigor. You're full of strength. You're excited about your walk with the Lord. You're excited about what the Lord's doing among us here at Christ Church. You want a position on the field. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play type of Christian. You're strong. You, you desire to defend the faith. You have defended the faith. You have a few scars. You've got your game jersey on. You're running the play. You get tackled in the backfield. You've got your instrument, you get in the orchestra, and you're playing along, but it's just kind of ugly at times because you're not quite there yet. Okay. This is the role we form. The intimate level. overcome one. You know who your enemy is. We know we the world, our flesh, devil. Right? But, but you're enjoying this overcome because he you is greater than the world. That's Thunder. Okay? We celebrate Laura's first birthday today. You know, Ben and Amy's daughter. You know, if I brought Nora in here, she is totally family. And that's what John's trying to say. This spiritual. but it hasn't been tested. It's eating baby food. You know the Lord. Praise God. See, there's two types at this level. There's those who have just received Christ as Savior and Lord. In the past six months to a year, growing and you're very dependent upon church for your growth. And we should be dependent on the church for our growth because we grow in community. But there's those who have been born again for a long time and yet are still wearing spiritual diapers, are still eating baby food. And they look at this steak of 1 John and they say, I can't eat that. 
Here's a knife. Dang. You tell them what you're going to teach them, then you tell them, and then you tell them again. Big guy.
all kinds of ministry to help. Get in the game. Sea level. You'll get there. But it's going to take time because the Christian life Jesus of our worship. 